Welcome to the Social World Podcast. I'm Dave Niven, and as usual, it's a real pleasure to have your company. This is a very special podcast for me, and so I'm afraid it's going to be a little bit more of my talking, although I'll put some links in for you to some other exciting things going on. This is the 101st podcast that I've actually done And I'm just so pleased at the way things have gone. But the coincidence, if you like, and the pleasure is that it's also past the 100,000 download mark now. And that, to me, is enormously satisfying. I've actually, I just want to celebrate some of the great guests and all the wonderful topics we've covered. And, And this is just an invitation for you to take also as much as you like from the back catalogue of a hundred programmes that I've got here. It's all free for you, and it covers so much of a range of interests and topics and people and positions and just general social care matters. And it has got government ministers, it's got frontline workers, it's got innovators, it's got movers, it's got shakers, it's got people with some fantastically strong opinions and absolutely colourful life histories. Dig in, have a good look. I'm just so pleased to have been able to do this with you. Now, I also want to look forward to a whole variety of podcasts that I have a mind to do. So please keep listening to downloading the Social World podcast. Now, I also want to just mention that I've put some links in here today to the uh, Global Institute of Social Work website where uh, we have uh, some talks now that we're actually putting together and I've done some myself um, on the image of social work in the media which has been a big passion of mine. You're probably, if you've seen any of the previous podcasts I've done, it's periodically sort of popped up. Because all through my career, I've been majorly interested in actually trying to level the playing field, trying to make social work at least neutral in the eyes of the population, in the eyes of the community. We do tend to have a, I I don't know why really, we have a negative um, uh, image to a large extent because we only seem to hit the headlines if there's drama, melodrama people having to be removed by law from families and we get called all sorts of things. But the the fact of it is that every single day in life, whether you're here in the United Kingdom or whether you're far away in another part of the world, social work are achieving things every day. They're achieving change, protection and bringing communities together in ways that you know, we, we should all be doing, but social work has been charged to be, if you like, the kind of on point for this, to actually take care of some of society's conscience. Um, so, listen to the uh, videos and audios that uh, exist on the GISW. Please, please dig back as much as you like into the back catalogue of this podcast And you'll see just some of the wonderful guests that I've actually had uh, on this and uh, on this lovely platform. 
I can't uh, enthuse enough to people that might not have either listened or even made podcasts in the past. Uh, it's the greatest opportunity for you to, to live a dream, to talk to people that you've always wanted to, and to uh, express your opinion, not just necessarily in a quick flash of a social media way, but in a more considered way. And I love people coming back with ideas. I love people coming back with feedback. That's what this is all about. And the voicemail on this podcast, on the front page of this podcast too, is exactly designed for that. And the uh, messages I get through that, the ideas for future podcasts, have just been um, inspiring. My thanks, as always, to Alba Digital Media, who have, in fact, supported me all the way through from a technical point of view. So, thanks to them. Thanks to you for listening. Here's to another hundred. But it's a lovely day, and I'm so pleased to be able to share it with you. On the Global Institute for Social Work website, we've put several talks, and you can go, I've put the link in the front page of this podcast. You can go and you can um, just sign in. It's free and you can enroll, uh, you have to do that, but just name and, and a password or something. And then you can have access to these talks, which are by people from around the world who want to talk about social work and their perspective on things and their take on some of the current and pressing issues. My own contribution was to do with the image of social work, which has been a, a particular topic I've been fascinated by and um, advocating for over the years. And so I uh, would encourage you, if you would like, to have a look at these videos that I've put on that website. I'll put the links on the front page. However, in the meantime, for the purposes of this, I just thought I'd write, read sorry, an article to you that I wrote uh, a couple of years back. Um, but it still is fresh and it's still relevant as far as I'm concerned and it still speaks to me as to the state of play in terms of social work in the media. All my working life I've watched my profession defend itself in the court of media opinion. And when you're starting out, there's some strength gained from an excess of idealism and enthusiasm and that in helping the vulnerable, we would illustrate inequality and public opinion would slowly change. Within social work, we all know inspirational people who command respect and can speak with clarity and understanding about what we do and why we are needed. However, I've seen only a few who've been recognised outside of the profession on the national stage. I've seen the different levels of respect and engagement with social work in other industrialised countries. I could never fully understand the reasons why this wasn't the case in the UK. Was it that we were still in the death throes of having an empire and ruling half the world and so acknowledging mass poverty and deprivation at home was unthinkable? Could it be some residual Victorian construct 
sweeping the troubled and vulnerable under the carpet and including those who support them with vague murmuring about charities being better placed to do the work. Was it that the evolution of media catered so much to the lowest common denominator? Or was it the seductive atmosphere of blame? A public stoning was considered far more exciting than a little bit of well-earned praise. In 40 years, I've never seen a headline saying, Social worker does good job. Communities tend to believe much of what they read in the media. With few outlets that offer true balance, it's understandable that the population that gets most of its information from some type of media or another will form their opinions in accordingly, and that media could be written, broadcast or social. Why do we hear so few voices talking about the success stories emanating from the professionalism of the 100,000 social workers in the UK? All the good work seems to be hidden from the wider audience. Why so much anonymity about the social work that's not child protection? The image of the profession has been largely condensed around victims to such a degree that the narrowest of material is what seems that's on display. I also believe that many employers confuse confidentiality with secrecy and so put up an inadvertent barrier for much of the information that could inform people much better about what social workers do. The voices are there. It's just that they're caged. On a local level, free newspapers, local commercial radio stations and a few journalists could be given interviews about success stories. On a national level, we need to introduce credible and well-informed spokespeople, managing the agenda more and not just playing constant defence. How people communicate is changing at such a rapid pace and well-informed spokespeople managing the agenda more and not just playing constant defence is in the hands of the people, the power. The social media has put so much power in the hands of the people and we need therefore to be in that shop window as strong participants. We're always going to have detractors whether driven by ideology, ignorance or superficial understanding of the world that we work in, balance is not going to be awarded to us. It has to be earned. We need to offer more by way of education, information and showcasing our profession. A more positive image helps trust, which underpins all that we do. Our shop window should be full of education, examples of good practice, strong arguments and fewer apologies. Show that the starvation of resources through austerity is counterproductive to the nation's health. We know the pressure points that include child poverty, the ageing population and the gross under-resourcing of mental health services. We have a workforce trained to support but with their hands tied grossly inflated caseloads, and a blame culture that beggars belief. There exists the paralysis of hope. 
but there are ways forward. We can demonstrate that skilled work brings change and improves people's quality of life. Some time ago, I gave a lecture to postgraduate journalists about what social workers can and can't do. Social work courses could offer reciprocal opportunities to journalists. That makes sense. Learn about each other's world. Walk a mile in each other's shoes. So when new journalists get qualified and, and move on from their, their, their academic side training and move into the media, then social work stories come up. They'll at least have a background of information, a background of knowledge that they can start from without having to actually go with um, rumours or, or misinformation. Now, I know that the British Association of Social Workers shows a commitment to looking at ways of tackling the imbalance, and I hope that they succeed. I do think that everybody, though, could do much more. The need for senior staff in the public sector to be prepared to manage the media in a crisis is constant. And I'll continue to work uh, as much as I'm able. But frontline social workers could talk about the thousands of good news stories that emerge every week. And that really needs developing as well. I must admit, and I think we should say it clearly, there are many more good, honest journalists than not. With that in mind, we should look at the vast amount of work that we do that's got no need to be confidential and let it see the light. And then the court of media opinion needs to be, will be better illuminated. And maybe then I'll move cautiously from hope to optimism. Now, a few years back, I commissioned a survey aimed at those in and close to social work just to see if these perceptions were correct and what measures may well be needed in people's opinion to change things or improve things. We asked, I asked 10 questions um, and the voice of frontline social workers uh, and the image of social work. And I received uh, well over 350 responses. <clears throat> Answers were given on a Likert scale from strongly agree to strongly disagree and actually, each question also got between 40 and 70 voluntary comments in terms of explanations of why people said what they said. 90% of the respondents were in social workers, either frontline workers, managers, students, academics, independent caseworkers and retired staff. <clears throat> So the first question I asked was, the image of social work in the media is satisfactory. 90% strongly disagreed or disagreed. 90% also strongly agreed or disagreed with the question, employers should be more open with the media about the work social workers do. And some of the comments there included, well, I think issues pertaining to confidentiality, information sharing and data protection are used too regularly as an excuse to avoid media engagement. To the question, frontline social workers should be seen and heard more in the media, 76% strongly agreed or agreed with the question. And one respondent replied, 
that frontline social workers should be heard better to aid understanding in communities. <clears throat> so we need to share the vast collection of positive social work stories with the public to improve understanding and balance. I've got no problem in suggesting the reverse and inviting the journalists to talk with social work students and issues. We do understand it's a two-way street. And as I said before there, there are many good journalists who would be willing to give an honest account if they felt they were being included within reason. And there are a good many social workers who are mature and aware enough to share our world with the media without being shackled by employers. They can offer these local success stories. And others at a higher pay grade can deal with the complaints. That's their job. Trust is possible. And I've got to say too, though, that it's not universally even-handed when these senior managers come forth to talk to the media about complaints. I do reckon that there's still an enormous amount of media training needed in order for these senior management figures to be able to convey properly and transparently the situation. So for every scare story that isn't balanced, it just makes it much more difficult for the social worker on the doorstep the next day to gain the trust of a family. So for example, if there's a brand new case where there's allegations of a vulnerable person being hurt or abused, and you need to get into that family to make the best assessment possible. If all that family knows about social work is negative, then the difficulty is enhanced in getting across that doorstep, in getting into a position of trust with the family, so that at least you can make the most objective uh, and, and professional judgment of what a situation is and give that person the best help as quickly as possible. Now, effectively, there's so much that can be done. Effectively, I will make the whole of that um, questionnaire available and try and also make available all the comments that came back to me because I think it's getting to a point soon where it's time maybe to repeat that and just see what changes that have been in the last few years. But media skills and strategies can be taught. It's a very, very important thing it's for senior managers in voluntary or charity or private sectors, training programs, training sessions. We need more because, to be quite frank with you, as I said earlier, 95%, if not more, of the general public get and form their opinions and ideas from some form of media or another, whether it's broadcast, written, or social. And if we're not there in that shop window, it's so much more difficult to tell people what we do, and perhaps more to the point, what we don't do. Anyway... That's my thing, again, for this particular session, this particular podcast. Um, and again, I would just like to thank all of you for listening. 101, my goodness, podcasts. It just seems to have raced by. Anyway, very soon there'll be 102. 
and hopefully all the uh, all the guests that have been on will either come back again and I'll be able to find a hundred new and exciting guests for you to listen to as well. So thanks ever so much for your time and uh, see you soon. <laughs>